Lexi Hall is here, and she's won something, but this is not a repeat. It is a new episode. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. There are a lot of you out there, 160,000 listeners in September, October. We're going for something even bigger in November as well. So thanks for showing up for us the way we show up for you. It is, of course, not just me. It is the incredible team over at The Next, at thenexthoops.com, where we cover every WNBA team in market. The great Tony East does it for us, of course, for the Indiana Fever. Make sure you subscribe, $9 a month, $72 a year. But it's not just Tony who covers Lexi Hull. Uh, we don't really have a beat where we don't cover Lexi Hull. And of course, the most recent, for listeners at home who may not know, example of this is the gold medal that Lexi won a few weeks ago uh, down in Santiago, Chile. Lexi, do you get tired of talking about things you win? I mean, I wish I would just win every week, but um, <laughs> it's definitely, you know, a time of my life where I'm just soaking in as much as I can. And, um, you know, every every single new thing, every new adventure is, is exciting and something that I cherish. So, no, no, I don't get tired of talking about it. That's fair. I don't get tired of talking about it with you either. So here's <laughs> one we're going to talk a little bit about that, about the way in which it enriches your game and the way in which USA Basketball has benefited from the game that you have. Segment two, we're talking Indiana Fever, not just on the court, but the way in which you are giving back to the community in ways that surprise exactly no one. But let's start first by talking about what it means to win a gold medal. And I know it's not new, but you know, to go in, to play three-on-three, three, um, to incorporate Azrae Stevens into the work. We have a terrific piece over there about Azrae as well. You know, take me through what that process is like now. You're, it's not new to you. Now you're a three-on-three veteran. Yeah, well, the, the one piece that is new is the gold medal. So the last two the last two tournaments that I played in, U23 World Cup and then the America last year, we won silver and bronze. So yeah. for me, it was like an extra incentive to try to go and win that, that medal that, we, that I hadn't come home with yet. So, um, you know, every time representing the US every single time it's it's really exciting and it's a real privilege um and when they messaged me inviting me to play on that I was thrilled and really excited to play with the other three players three players that I had never had a chance to play with before um so we met in Atlanta and, and got a chance to kind of practice for a few days before heading to Chile which was great building chemistry re reminding myself how to play a three on three because it is a different mindset so I mean, it, it's great, and, and I had a lot of fun, and even more fun that we ended the way we did. I have never been asked to represent my country, so I don't know what it feels like. What is it like, that moment, and the anthem is playing, and there's a gold medal around your neck? What's going through your mind when that happens? 
I, I mean, it, it is emotional. It's really emotional. Um, and I think like you just realize in that moment that it's bigger than you and it's bigger than the four people that are there playing. We have an incredible support staff that came with us to Chile. Um, and then we know that there are, are hundreds, thousands of people watching at home um, supporting us from afar. And, you know, it is, it's bigger than the game of basketball. It brings together our country and to be able to represent a country that has provided so much for me and for my teammates. Um, it just, it really means the world. So it, that moment kind of just culminates all of those emotions. I know you grow up you, you, for our listeners at home. I'm sure they know, but you, you grew up in a basketball family, you know, you obviously had, I'm sure dreams. Was this part of it for you? Was USA basketball on your radar as, you know, when you thought about sort of the way in which the game could take you? You know, I, I definitely thought about it. Um, my sister and I did a, we went to Colorado Springs one time to try out for one of the U8, whatever, I don't remember what team we tried out for, but tried out for a team, didn't make it. So growing up all through high school, never made a USA team. So for me, getting to college, it was kind of like, I mean, unless I can make the five on five team, I probably won't get a chance to represent the United States. Um, and so, yes, it was always a goal, but never really never really thought that it would be possible for what, how my career was pro like progressing and the people they had chosen. So this was an opportunity to kind of do that. And so the first time they messaged, they mentioned me and asked to play and participate in it, I was absolutely thrilled. And it, it just like really um, gave me confidence that there were people that believed in me and um, wanted me to represent them. So it's just, you know, it's an honor every time. Obviously, the win has ramifications with it. It means you have the opportunity potentially to be an Olympian next year. Has that sunk in? And what is that going to be like? And and I just related, how many hulls are coming along for the ride when you go out? <laughs> I mean, if that were to happen, I mean, it's a huge deal. The USA um, automatically qualifies for the Olympics in Paris, which is huge. And that's on the men's and the women's side. Um, and that um to be part of the journey and making that possible for the us is really special and there are countless athletes that per, per participated in the women's series for three on three that added points that made that possible too so there's a lot of moving parts in that um but for me you know the committee will choose a group of four people with a couple alternates to go to paris and compete for a gold medal there and um, hopefully i can be on that you know on that team and that would be a dream come true and I know that pretty much everyone I know with the whole last name, they will be in attendance. I have no doubt. So uh, if you want, if you want a lot of fans, then hopefully um, I'll be one of those those players. But yeah, regardless, it's going to be really exciting. It, it, it is going to be exciting, and and the game itself, the three on three game itself, is you know we've talked about it's tailored to the game that you play at both ends, but it also feels like it is a more fun game at times to watch. Does it? I just let me ask you this. Do you think that three on three is the potential long term form this game takes in a primary way? I know that's a you, you know, that's maybe a little more macro um, uh, of a thought, but there's a lot of reasons to suspect it. I wonder how you feel about it at this point, you know, having familiarized yourself with both. Yeah, I, I think it is really fun, really exciting to watch, really exciting to play. Um, I, I think that it has potential to kind of transform the game of basketball. It gives players another avenue to 
play the game they love. Um, and you look at like other countries that have specific teams, they have groups of four people that just play three on three solely and, and train three on three only. And so for us, for the US, it is kind of like a play five on five, three on three is great. Um, but right now it does take a second tier to the five on five. Um, but who knows down the line, I think people are excited to play it. People are excited to watch it. So um, we're definitely taking it seriously and hopefully, you know, more and more people, more and more fans um, really tag along to the game because it is fun. It's interesting. I'm really glad it's getting the chance to be seen by so many people in Paris in 2024. I, I'm very eager to see the direction it goes because there are options. There are options for specifically women's basketball, which we've talked about yeah. before, and that is what matters. There must be, there should be, and, and to see the game grow in this way is really significant. So we're going to be back talking about some more ways in which you are making a difference in women's basketball. But first, <clears throat> Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel has an offer here, but I'm just going to warn you guys, it may not apply all that well to New York NFL teams. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, with any $5 money line bet. So that's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, I'm just warning you, the New York Giants only play well against the Washington Commanders and They've already played them twice. The New York Jets have moved on from Zach Wilson, but I don't think that means they're going to be winning anytime soon. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look ready to return. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, take a look at who is playing the Jets and Giants. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, by the way. There's spreads, player props, over, under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So back with Lexi Hall. And again, the Indiana Fever 2023 season is a fascinating one to me. You know, I look at this team and I've said this on the program before. This was clearly one of the eight best teams by the end of the season. While uh, the playoffs did not end up happening, it was very clear that you guys are on track to get to where you want to be going. We've had Lynn Dunn here. She's talked about it being a multi-year plan, having that vision for it for you. I'm wondering how it felt down the stretch. This team was winning some games that early in the year it wouldn't have won. Finished the year with 13 victories, which, as the uh, PR extraordinaire Ryan Stevens told me, most victories since 2019 for the Indiana Fever. And I think it's worth noting that you guys are on the cusp of doing something bigger. Is that what it felt like internally? For sure. Um, I do think, you know, everyone's really bought in. Um, and it's easy for a team after you kind of get the notice that you're out of the playoff hunt to kind of just lay over and, and be done. But I think we have bought into the process, brought into the mindset that we're going to get better every game and gear ourselves up, put us, put ourselves in a position to be successful next year. And we, I think everyone, every position learned so much this year and is just, you know, really excited with how much better we got year after year and looking forward to that, that big jump um, heading into next season as well. 
there was a game late in the season that really felt like it was so significant to me. And it was when you guys go out and beat Minnesota, Minnesota's still fighting for that playoff spot. Like you said, it would have been very easy to just pack it in. I've seen teams do it at the end of the year. It mm -hmm. is that you know what it is to win a championship in virtually every every medium we can come up with, right? Is that where you learn what a team is made of in moments like that? Yeah, for sure. I think it's easy, you know, what do you do when people aren't watching? People aren't watching how we did. No one, no one cared how we did at the end of the season because it didn't matter to anyone, but it mattered to us. And I think that's what really will set us apart long-term is that we do take pride in our, ourselves. We take pride in our team and our work. Um, and so we know that we're going to get, we're going to continue to get better. And I think you see that in our late games last season. For you personally, and, and this, I remember talking to you about this a little bit after you went through it. An early season slump, you wouldn't wish on anybody. Anybody who just watched you shoot the ball understands that you're capable of doing it. What are you doing mentally to help yourself get through that? I mean, I just, to me, the kind of mental toughness it takes, not just to keep playing, but to keep firing really said a lot to me. Cheryl Reeve, who's been on the program, talks about it's not just about how good a shooter you are, how willing a shooter you are. What was it that allowed you to remain a willing shooter as you worked on things here in year two? I mean, I was just in the gym. State got there early, got stayed after. I'm just getting extra shots up. I think, you know, repetition brings confidence. And for me, it was just making sure that I stayed confident. And, um, you know, it's hard when you go and shoot, miss, one shot five games in a row all of a sudden you're like oh my percentage is terrible but realistically like i knew i know i'm a good shooter i knew i just needed to keep shooting and um i think you know it really comes down to the confidence from my coaches that they put me out there to continue doing doing exactly that and um i'm looking forward you know i, I feel really good um and i'm just looking forward to another year to hopefully start off better and not trying to find myself in a slump like that again a lot of focus on the three and you miss the opportunity to see how much more efficient you have been at the uh, mid-range level and attacking at the rim as well. And so I just want to read this through. I want people to hear what the work produced. Okay. So from zero to three feet away, you were a 40% shooter your rookie year. You jumped to 54.1%. Your mid-range jumped from 31.8 to 44.4. And this one, this is my favorite one, 10 to 16, you go from 28.6% to 57.1%. How much was your emphasis and your work on looking at all three levels as a scorer here? I think just in the W, you aren't, you aren't going to be great if you're only one kind of skill. And so for me, it's trying to just broaden my game, um, make it as versatile as possible. So it is working at, at every level um, for scoring. On the defensive end, you have always been a plus, plus defender. Doing it in Christie's side's defense, what has changed about what is asked of you here in year two, and how have you had to adapt as a defensive player there? Um, I I think Christy kind of threw on the challenge of guarding, you know, the other team's most prominent guard, um, and I accepted that willingly. I think that you know that brings it brings me a lot of excitement. Um, I think that's something that I definitely take pride in in my game, and um, Christy believed in me from day one, and um, so it was just great to try to. Um, do the best I could this year with, with that confidence from her.
Is there an area, either end of things, where you feel like that's next for me? That's the next thing I'm looking to add as you work on your game here during the offseason? Defensively or, or anything? Either end. I'm curious if there's sort of your next step as you think about your game and your evolution. Yeah, something, you know, we've been working, I've been here for a week um, and I'll be in and out of Indy. But this week we're really focusing on finishing over people. Um, and that's something you know, I went to some Pacers games and I, I just am watching the NBA more and just seeing these smaller, not small guards, but smaller guards finish over people inches taller than them. And so I, that's something I'm, I'm hoping to get um, better at is being able to be a little craftier around the rim and finish over um, taller help side defenders. Is that a matter of, you talk about being craftier, is it a matter of moves, of feints, is it a matter of strength? You know, how, how do you how do you get to where you want to be? And I just related to that, what does that look like? We just talked about you were 54% around the rim. Are you looking at like hitting 60% next year? Or how do you measure that success? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought about the percentages, but really um, any improvement, I think, and just being more willing to to attack and finish. Um, so for for generally, it's, getting stronger, not getting pushed around, um, being able to take the body and finish with with contact. And then also it's the touch. It's being able to finish higher on the rim, um, being able to finish farther outside of my body, but still get this, the soft touch. Um, so it's just getting more comfortable with those more unique shots, the, the floating shots, instead of, you know, just the typical layup. That's really interesting. I, I'm fascinated to see it. And, you know, we say off season and leave aside the fact that that doesn't really exist, right? I mean, there's when the WNBA is not in season, but as we've talked about, you know, there's no shortage of things you have done in, you know, various leagues as well. And so, and we've talked about it before, but it feels like there are more options than ever before. I know you're still deciding what comes after the new year, but as you do sit and think about it, what are those conversations like with some of your older teammates who lived in a women's basketball world where it really was, you're either overseas or nothing. You're not a coach. You're not at AU. You're not local and working mm -hmm. on, um, you know, um, local marketing agreements or WNBA player marketing agreements. Like what are those conversations like? They, you know, a lot of people, a lot of my teammates are overseas playing. And so they're, they're really for them really is no off season. They go two weeks at home, a week at home and then head overseas and they're playing full time. And so for some people, they, they absolutely love it. They love getting to travel, see a different culture, play on a team where you get to play a lot of playing time and you get to really develop your game because you get a lot of minutes on the court. Um, so people love it. And then there's also, you know, a handful that say, I, I didn't enjoy it. I wish I was home. So it's finding a balance, figuring out what's best for you. So for me, um, at the new year, I might go, depending on what the contracts look like. I might play AU again. So it's definitely up in the air. But it's nice that there are options and that you do have a choice to make versus years ago when it kind of was you go or you don't play anymore. So um, it's, it's great to see that the game's moving to a better area. And I would be remiss not to point out, if you go back to AU, you were among the top 10. I think you finished eighth in AU. Um, you know, one of the most skilled players. It lends itself very naturally to the AU process, the way you play your game. Be interesting to see no matter what. But yeah, that's for me, that's what it comes down to. I've, I've been doing this a minute. And these conversations were always very, well, is it one or the other? 
is it, and 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 if it's the other, then you're not earning during the off season. Right. It's really significant. It's also significant to have a person like you in the community. And just a minute, I want to talk about that too, because like you said, you've been in Indiana, you've been working on your game, but you've also been part of what the Indiana Fever are building off the court as well. So back in a moment to talk about that. <clears throat> Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks, it's such an interesting daily fantasy sports platform, the largest in North America, of course. But there's just the difference of not just playing you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players. It's an opportunity to play multiple sports, different sports, and even with some people who you may not otherwise know. So let me give you an example. With the basketball season here, you can do combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. So there's a league that you can include LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Not yet, but I'm sure it's coming matter of time because prize picks does some really interesting things. And there are community plays. You can play alongside people like Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. Just go to the promos tab in the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the community and you can join them. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy. So if your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with literally an insurance policy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. That's prize picks. So we're here with the great Lexi Hall and we're talking about, it's not just showing up at a, at a Pacers game for you. It's you were part of uh, Habitat for Humanity build as well this week. Just take me through what this has been like to interact with the community in that way and to give back the way, frankly, you know, listeners need to know you have everywhere you've been. Yeah, I mean, we have a great, a great network of people here um, in Indy that kind of set things up. Um, to be out in the community and, and get to meet people, get to engage with fans, get to engage with people that haven't heard of the WNBA before. So we do come across a wide range of people and it's it's great because um, I feel like I'm learning so much, but also I'm getting to meet so many people and, and I've been to the women's shelter, serve lunch and get to talk to some of the ladies there. We're volunteering at the Humane Society. So, I mean, just like anything that I'm interested in, the team here is figuring out ways to kind of put me in the community and, and get a chance to interact and engage. And that's really huge. And I don't know that every team's doing that, but I feel really fortunate to be here and to be able to give back in, in little ways. That was the thing I wanted to ask you off air before we came on that how much these were directly related to your interests. So you're sharing with them. You want to work with the animals. You want to help with the underprivileged communities as you go forward. Was there a moment that really stood out with, you know, for you as, you know, these are things that are obviously very close to your heart. Um, I think everything that we get to do that I get to do here is really special. Um, we, I went the other day to a jamboree for one of Mud Socks. It's a, they have WM, all the teams in the league are WNBA team names. So it's really cool exposing kids to young 
exposing young kids to the WNBA. And some of the girls would come up and, and one of the girls was like, you are so inspiring. And I was like, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And it's just so special to be able to be with young girls at that age and try to show them what they can be and what's possible for them. Because for me, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. And so I'm, you know, really fortunate and blessed that I'm able to do that for these young girls here in Indy. You ever reflect on that? You ever reflect that you're the first generation that really gets to be this for those who come after and just the, the role you get to play is fundamentally different in a way that extends beyond even just playing basketball professionally. I mean, I don't think I've, I've really thought about it. Um, but I do, I do notice like the differences and I, cause I didn't grow up watching the WNBA at all. And the fact that some of these girls know the Minnesota Lynx, know the Las, you know, the Las Vegas Aces, know the Indiana Fever and have been to WNBA games. That's huge. Um, so it's just really exciting to see where women's basketball is headed. Well, as a point of personal privilege for our listeners, we are very lucky that Lexi Hall is leading the charge on this. Lexi, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to make you have a prediction. There's one more season of the Pac-12 coming up. Who you, who do you think is going to win the Pac-12? I'm uh, I'll give you a chance to answer. Is that a question? You know I answer. <laughs> Obviously the Cardinal. I, I have my faith in the girls. 24 seven. And I'm really excited to watch them. Me too. It's going to be a great conference, but certainly I Stanford has a very good chance of taking it home. They, they have a new young up and coming coach, right? Who is uh, Tara something. I think she yeah, might. She's been around a couple of years. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of her. <laughs> really <laughs> exciting to see it. Well, Lexi Hall, thank you for sharing with us. Every time you win something, make sure you come on back when that happens again. I'm sure it won't be more than a couple of weeks to our listeners. <laughs> Thank you for being part of our show every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow and six days a week. Until then, I'm Howard Meddahl, wishing all of you a wonderful day. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 